Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for you today because, yes. boy, is it ever easier to have a fun and exciting WAN show when we've got news like this week. The Valve, Tech news! The Valve Steam Deck is the hot sh right now, and everyone's yes. talking about it, and why not? Oh. Because this thing is flipping excited. So we're going to dig into that. We're also going to be talking about TSMC exploring on chip water cooling this is something enthusiasts have explored at times in the past but it's certainly to my knowledge never been looked at by someone as important and as actually capable of pulling it off as tsmc what else we got uh alder lake is hopefully gonna be not terrible which would be absolutely fantastic um and microsoft announces windows 365 just in case you want another subscription service. There you go, problem solved. Did they really? I actually didn't see this. Yes, it's probably not exactly what you think. So stay tuned and we'll talk more about it later. Okay then. It's like remote desktop stuff. It's actually like maybe kind of cool. All right, all right. And the show is brought to you today by Pulseway, Ridge Wallet, and oops, I clicked the, oh yeah, Squarespace. Yes, that's definitely right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so why don't we jump right into our headline topic, the Valve Steam Deck. And I want to yes. start with what is going to be my harshest criticism of this new hardware endeavor Let's from go. Valve. Yes, okay. All right, this is my hot take. <clears throat> this is the worst thing about it. The name Sucks. It's terrible. It's yeah, terrible. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. The Stream Deck has existed for years. Yes. For years, the Elgato Stream Deck, which is even a gaming device, for years it's existed. It's been in the market, and it's the only thing that kind of sounds like that. Which, like, is external to the computer and technically has screens on it and is flat and is black. Why? It's like even more annoying. Why deck? Yeah, that too. Like, what? I, <laughs> I mean, don't know. Steam... I understand the stream deck. That actually does make sense to me. Steam, steam deck? No. Steam boy? I'd have been like, lol, okay. And Nintendo's coming for you. You know, Nintendo would be coming for him, yeah, Steam, for sure. Steam, okay, so here, fine. It's not helpful to criticize something unless you come up with something better. So, Luke, we got to work on this then. So, Steam... Well, there has, there's been a pretty good one. There's been two... There's one that I like more. So, to give the community ones first before sure. we try to come sure. up with things. Hit me. Um, there's there's one in the dock that calls it, it... I mean, it's called the Gabe Boy. There's the Gabe Boy, Gabe no. Boy Advanced and Gate Boy Advance SP. That one's funny. I believe that yeah, was that's, put in here that's by not, Anthony. No. Anthony contributed a very large amount of topics this week. So we only really have a doc because of Anthony. So thank you, Anthony. Very funny. <laughs> what a but the other, I agree. That wasn't sarcastic. That was actually, I know it could probably sound that way, but it wasn't. We would have like two topics if it wasn't for Anthony. He actually completely bailed us out. Thank you very much. Um, but the, the other community one, which I do think is is better, is Gabe Gear. No, no, you can't have Gabe's name in the name <laughs> of the thing. Like, I have no problem with them calling it Steam something, you know, Steam sure. Pad 
or Steam. I, I, I don't know. Steam. I mean, like, you know, what's something kind of like. Steam Deck is too close to Stream Deck. That's all. That's like, that's the just, that's just the main problem. And it's not an unheard of device. A lot of people know the the Stream Deck. So it's like, it's just annoying. Honestly, when I first read the name, I thought it was called Stream Deck. And I thought they just straight up completely ripped off the name from Elgato. Because it's like, not Seriously? like Valve doesn't have a streaming service. Well, that not was really a my service, whole but... thought was like, yeah, okay. So this is to, to remotely play games from your desktop. Using like, Valve and right. home, like Steam and home yes. streaming, which I don't yes. know what they call it. And remote play is it called? No, no. Remote play is Something. when you're playing a local multiplayer game with someone remotely. Sorry, I can't yeah. keep track of all the different things they call stuff. The point is... Especially when they call it Steam Deck. Deck. I, I'm frustrated. The good news is that everything else about this thing looks absolutely freaking awesome. Let's yeah. uh, let's haul up the product page here. I oh, mean, I even typed Stream Deck while I was trying to search for it. Bloody hell. Okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. Your mind immediately goes to Stream Deck. It's a problem. Oh, uh, that's uh, not the screen capture that I wanted. What happened to my... Oh, no. Here we go. That's better. Steam Deck. Here it is, ladies and so, gentlemen. So One thing before you get too far into it. Yes. Um, can they see the layout of it on your screen right now? Uh, the layout of the of the of like the the PC of the Steam Deck, yeah. Ignore the pricing, guys. I'm stuck on the Canadian site and I can't immediately figure out how to change it. So this is this is Canadian pricing. Uh, so whatever. Oh, so my so my favorite annoying. thing, if they can see it, yeah, is that it more closely resembles a Wii U gamepad mm-hmm. than most other things I have seen so far and the wii u gamepad was actually a delight to use it was fantastic i actually preferred it over the standard controllers it was really nice and one of the things with that is that the thumbsticks are at the top okay you're getting into nitty-gritty details here but we got to give people the general lowdown okay okay, luke we got to give them the lowdown so right. here's the basic specs. It's got a seven inch display. It's touchscreen. It's 1280 by 800. So that's a 16 by 10 aspect ratio, 400 nits, typical brightness. It's got an ambient light sensor. So that's going to help you conserve battery if you're in a dim area or whatever the case may be. It's got a Zen 2 APU, four cores, eight threads running at anywhere from, well, up to 3.5 gigahertz boost and up to 15 watts TDP. It's got an eight, it's got eight RDNA 2 CUs that run it up to 1.6 gigahertz. So this thing is actually going to be capable of running AAA games. Now, not AAA games at 4K resolution in docked mode or anything stupid like that. It's still, you know, of this earth. It's not like they went to the future and brought back technology with them, but it is going to have some serious grunt considering its size. It weighs 1.47 pounds, so that's uh, just under 700 grams, 669 grams, um, which is pretty beefy, and maybe this is our opportunity. Some engineer must have pulled off a couple grams there to make that work. I swear that happened. 669 grams. That must have happened, yes. I I wouldn't put it past them. But this (laughs) is, I think this is the first time, that this is where we can get into a little bit of a deeper dive conversation. One of the things that you immediately said was wow this reminds me of the wii u gamepad controller unfortunately this thing weighs 67 percent more than a nintendo switch plus joy cons and considering that the wii u controller was just a screen and buttons 
And it was really light. Wireless, yeah, it was extremely light. That's one of the reasons that the Wii U controller was so comfortable. It was True. also thick because it wasn't yes. designed to be carried out and about with you. The, the Steam Deck is obviously thinner and is going for something more akin to a Nintendo Switch type of experience. So that's something that is immediately going to be tough, but but I also have I also have a counter argument to that that I'll get into a little bit later that involves this guy right here. My main note about the Wii U controller yeah. is the way that this shoulder button and I'm not saying this hasn't been done before by any alternatives, which is I think what you're kind of getting into, but the way that the the where you hold it is shaped yeah. The way the triggers are shaped and the position of the thumbsticks mm -hmm. and the ABXY uh, buttons, that is all very nice. My One of my biggest issues with the Switch was that they put that one thumbstick in like the middle of the controller. Yeah. And it made it really weird. Um, and I really liked that the Wii U had both the thumbsticks way at the top. And it was kind of less great that the ABXY was below it, but you almost never used that, so it didn't matter. And I think it's pretty cool on this one how they're side by side. I don't think that's going to be uncomfortable to control. With smaller it might hands, be for small hands, I have some sure. concerns. Like if my okay. kids tried to use this thing, I don't. I, for my hands, it looks okay. But if like my kids tried to use it or something like that, I think it might be a little bit more challenging. Right. Uh, it looks pretty darn well thought out, and Valve yeah. has a history of thinking through the ergonomics of things at least. To the point where you can definitely go well they definitely thought this through i mean the uh the steam controller bloody hell what they call that thing did they just call it steam controller they did the steam controller so. was ergonomic it's just that the touchpad didn't really work for me what's fascinating about this is that they clearly haven't abandoned the touchpad paradigm no. they just have recognized now that it's not perfect for everything they had us using the touchpad instead of joysticks whereas here now we've got a touchpad, well, actually rather touch pads in yeah. addition to joysticks, which opens up all kinds of options, both for ambidextrous players or left-handed players, as well as for different gameplay styles, like, or different genres of games that you might want to play. That's, that's extremely exciting. And I'm, I am really, I'm stoked to try it. Now it's got 16 gigs of LPDDR5 memory. It's got a 40 watt hour battery. That is extremely impressive considering the size of this thing. Stereo speakers, analog triggers, which is a big deal. That's one of my complaints about the thing that I was going to talk about a little bit later. A micro SD card up to 512 gigs of M.2 storage on board, depending on which uh, trim level you spring for. And these twin 32 and a half millimeter touchpads claim that they have 55% better latency compared to the Steam controller's touchpads. They are pressure sensitive and have HD haptics. Uh, so that's just improved feedback on the touchpads when you're swiping across them, pressing on them, all that kind of stuff. Man, six axis motion sensitivity. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, we did a video recently where I tried using the PlayStation 4 controller's uh, gyro capabilities to game on PC. There's like a hacky way that, that you could do it. And I was shocked at how intuitive it was compared to trying, cool. to, yeah, trying to fine-tune operate a joystick. There's pro gamers out there that are great at it. That's, that's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. But for someone who hasn't spent their whole life working on that skill... Boy, is a gyro ever. I think there's going to be some advanced tactic stuff too, where you do a combination. 
use the thumbstick for like big sweeping movements, then you micro adjust with the aiming. But I, I think there's something that wasn't mentioned here, or maybe I missed it. Maybe you said it and I didn't hear it. But there's also the grip buttons on the back, which yes. I really like, especially like it's always been really cool in the elite controllers and stuff. But I think on this, it makes even more sense because like I was talking about earlier, all your controls being at the top, the thumbsticks being in probably the best position, which is the outside. If I'm, I think I'm correct with that. The inside, sorry. Um, yeah, the outside is a little, maybe a little weird, but, um, having those buttons on the back is going to make it so you don't have to move off, which on a heavy device, I think is going to actually be a pretty big deal. Yep. Be able to keep your hands in one spot and being able to press buttons there, I think is going to be a much bigger deal than it's ever been on a controller. I think it's going to be very, very important on this device. Absolutely. Uh, it's got two by two AC Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5.0, a dual microphone array. It can output 8K 60. Uh, because it's got DisplayPort 1.4 built into its USB Type-C port, and you can also use the USB-C port to connect to the official dock. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. There's a dock, too. Uh, it'll be sold separately. More information coming soon, but it's got DisplayPort, HDMI, uh, Type-C, as well as that looks like a an audio jack. Hold on a second. It's in my notes. USB 3.1 Type-A. Uh, so two of those. Effectively, it turns this into a full desktop PC experience. There's Ethernet, and so there's one USB 3 to a USB 2. Sorry, I, I think I misspoke earlier. I don't see... I, that's probably power. That's probably power over on the left there, because I would expect you to handle audio uh, just plugging into the jack that's built into the Steam Deck itself. Man, I I hope they get the joysticks right. I mean, it seems like everyone and their dog is going through joystick gate right now, whether it's Nintendo with their drift or whether it's Sony that's had a real heck of a time with feedback on their PlayStation 5 controller, which is otherwise freaking awesome to the point where Microsoft is reportedly looking at doing a mid-generation refresh of their controller to try and achieve something closer to feature parity. Um, I hope Valve gets it just right on this thing, but the reality of it is that it's extremely challenging to build both an accurate and robust joystick in something yes. that is so low profile. I understand why everyone's screwing it up, even companies that have a ton of experience, I just don't like it because joysticks not working sucks. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely sucks. If there's if there's anything that's going to make you want to put a game down, that's that's definitely one of them. Three different trim levels. Okay? The base model is and this is absolutely mind-blowing to me. The base model is 399 US. I just saw a comment on Floatplane saying they need to drop the price $100 in order to make this thing attractive. Are you kidding me? This is a full computer for $400. This is basically in a, like... In a, in a chip shortage. This is Chromebook level pricing almost. Except that it's got a built-in, what I'm assuming is high quality controller. And it's going to be a relatively non-mainstream product. I mean, maybe. Uh, Gaben also came out and said they're expecting to sell, quote, millions of these things. But... Man, this is this is an engineering challenge to build these things. You, you know, Valve's got to make some money. I mean, there's someone just in getting by. chat saying "rich guy view." Um, rich guy view. What are you talking about? I, it I costs feel what like it costs. I often don't take the rich guy view, and I would say if you expect that to be two ninety nine, 
you're out to freaking lunch. Um, it's 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 not that there's there's like it's just it's just wishful thinking. Um, and sure, you could say, oh, I really want this to be a hundred dollars. Because I'd love for it to be five. Yeah, That'd be sweet. I, sure. I'd love for it to be. Yeah. I'd love for it to be fifty cents. You know, I just. Yeah. Maybe I could just. Maybe I could just wish on a star, and one would fall into my lap. But but you gotta understand these things actually cost money. Do you have any idea how much the tooling for this device would have cost? I mean, we're talking Valve was out seven figures before they even put any computer hardware and even built one, just to do the plastics for it. Like you gotta understand a, that, right? No, not that low, but a hundred dollars, yes, yeah. But you're still just pulling that out of your butt. Like that's that's coming out of nowhere for the stuff that's in this, especially during a chip shortage. This is not an egregious price. And it's, I would love to say it is, but it's it's just not. Let's ignore the chip shortage because by the time this thing ships, um, you know, looking at what's happening with GPU pricing in China, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on the show. I, who knows? Maybe the the chip shortage will be alleviated somewhat. But let's look at what else is on I mean, the market. Going into manufacturing now. Because you can't just look at a product in a vacuum, right? You can't just say, well, it's more expensive than I would like, therefore it should be cheaper. Everything has a cost and everything has to compete with what else is available in the market. So let's look at what else is available in the market. There's the Nintendo Switch, which is $299 US for a flipping four-year-old ARM CPU with a Tegra GP, or excuse me, a Tegra SOC with an ARM CPU. And what is it, like Maxwell GPU on it? Uh, Tegra X1, is it Maxwell? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, we are talking ancient technology. That wasn't cutting edge when the Switch came out four years ago. Nintendo wants $299 for that. Okay, now let's look at something that's way more comparable. The AN Neo, which is the handheld that I've been holding up that is, I think, probably the most comparable thing to the Steam Deck on the market right now. A, this thing is barely even on the market. So far, they've only done a Kickstarter, excuse me, Indiegogo campaign for it. So I don't even think you can just, just buy one and have it ship immediately. And now let's have a look at the pricing. Okay, this buy this guy starts at uh, hold on a second. Here we go. It was eight hundred and eighty Canadian dollars. So that's around seven hundred U.S. dollars. That at, sounds like a reasonable price, but let's drop it by a hundred bucks. Sorry, at, keep going. At a hundred? No, no. So, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, it was a joke based on the comment. Anyway, okay, sorry, that, that's three hundred dollars higher with what is essentially very similar hardware. Okay, not quite $300 higher because we're comparing it to the base model. So let's go back to the- The to base the model's here. pretty good though. Yeah, I do want to jump in there. So the, the so, so yeah, nice. I'm just going to go through the model stuff quickly. The base model is 399 US. It has 64 gigs of eMMC flash storage. Um, and that's, that's it. You're just getting the device. That's it. If you go up to the 529 US model, you get 256 gigs of storage. You get a carrying case and you get a Steam community profile, whatever, might as well. If you go up a bit more, about 120 bucks to 649 US, you go up to 512 gigs of NVMe storage. Um, you get an exclusive carrying case. You get an exclusive Steam community profile and you get an exclusive virtual keyboard theme, whatever. Something to note, yeah. those NVMe drives, replaceable. Yep. 
So they're 30 Crazy. millimeter, 30 millimeter NVMe drives. This is where we get into the comparisons with the ANEO a little bit. So the ANEO at its cheapest early bird price was $50 more than the comparably equipped Steam Deck. There and was a problem with the notes. Sorry, there's a problem with the notes. The base model does include a carrying case. The oh, the main difference sorry. on these two. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. The main difference is that you go from 64 gigs of eMMC to 256 gigs of NVMe, just straight up. Okay. So it's it's faster storage, more storage, not a carrying case thing. And you get the community profile. Sorry, continue. Okay. So back to back to the ANEO a little bit. Let's talk some let's talk some pros and cons. Uh, one of the things the ANEO has is it's got way more USB expansion. So it's got two USB-C ports on the top. That is flipping awesome. Uh, it's got two more CPU cores. Okay, it's got uh, so it's got a, a Ryzen 5 4500U that is a six-core processor. It's got uh, let me have a look here. What other sort of advantages? It, I mean. I don't know if this one is actually making its way into the general public's hands, but it has uh, like built-in RGB lighting, which I guess is kind of cool in the dark. So you can see these green lights on the side. I believe they can be configured. They're breathing right now. Um, what's the size of the battery? I think it actually says right on the back here, 47 watt hours. So I think that's actually a little less if I recall correctly. No, it's actually a little bit more. So it has a slightly bigger battery. Uh, it takes full-sized 80 millimeter NVMe uh drives so that's pretty cool as well but it doesn't have six axis uh motion controls uh it doesn't have the touch pads um i haven't seen valve screen yet but i, I suspect the one on the uh the one on the steam i keep wanting to call it a steam pad now the one on the steam deck is probably going to be a little bit better this one is this one is pretty good they're both seven inches the point is, these are fairly comparable devices. Oh, the speakers are pretty bad on this thing to the point where apparently they're they're still tuning those now. Um, and it's $50 more at the cheapest early bird price. And then this thing was $789 and they sold 500 out of 500 of them. This is a campaign that did 2.2, like 2.2, 2.3 million US dollars. And to this day, you cannot buy this thing because it is out of stock. Okay. So you can say, oh yeah, Valve is charging too much or whatever. But if anything, by offering that 64 gig EMMC option with micro SD expansion, they have clearly done everything in their power to make this thing as affordable as possible. This is not some cheapo ARM SOC. This is a full-fledged yeah. PC. It's freaking awesome. And I'm not some kind of Valve fanboy. I have no problem calling them out when they do something stupid. But you got to understand that you got to give credit where credit is due. This hardware has a cost. Developing hardware has a cost, and we can't expect Valve to just give it away at a loss. Like I don't, they're a for-profit company. What do you guys want? I'm I'm excited to get my hands on this thing, and I think it's going to be a uh, dinner beef. And Floatplane Chat says Gabe said hitting that price was not easy. I believe him. 
Oh yeah, definitely. If, yeah. If, if the plastics quality of this thing, not to mention just the the cost of getting them all assembled, like there's a production cost to these things. If it's anywhere near what I would expect from Valve, based on my other Valve hardware, this thing would have cost a freaking fortune to 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 create. Now, Angry Panda PC over in Floatplane Chat says the price to value debate doesn't make any sense on this device. And I criticize so many modern devices for being overpriced. Actually, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. So values in the eye of the beholder. You can say it's not worth it to me. Absolutely. That is 100% yeah. I valid. think this is going to be not worth it to a lot of people. Of course not. But that's okay. That's, that's fine. fine. It's just not, yeah. Not everything has to be for everyone. Value is in the eye of the beholder. But the price is aggressive. JR6955 says PS Vita MSRP 249. You you gotta understand. It's like, sorry, what? What are you talking that's, about? That's the hundred dollar guy. Just don't. Just, oh, is it really? Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could. Don't, don't worry about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. An official dock is gonna be sold separately. This is actually super. Oh, we cool. talked about like that already. This. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I hope there's uh, unofficial ones as well. But. One thing that's kind of stupid about the official dock and about the device, actually, I'm not a huge fan of this. I saw some praise for it, for having its USB-C charging port on the top because they said it'll make it easier to game while you're charging. Um, yeah, I can see that because especially with a heavy device like this one, this weighs about the same amount. Sometimes I do find myself wanting to rest it, but I also don't mind resting it kind of like this with my wrists making it so that yeah. the, the cable can get out and having something hanging off the top. I'm not a huge fan of that, especially if it's kind of a bulkier wire. And it also makes the dock kind of stupid because their dock requires you to put the thing in and then run a cable. So it's not really a dock so much as it's a dongle. You might have already said this considering you already mentioned the dock, but uh, they also said that regular USB-C adapters will work fine. That's cool. Um, all... all they all, I doubt actually all, but they said all USB-C docks will work. So, cool. I mean, I see Very no cool. reason why one wouldn't. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I don't know. A hazard to say just like literally anything will function. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah. All right. But but I don't suspect you're going to run into issues is, is what I'm trying to get across. This is great. Hershey Chap over on Floatplane says, it would be cool if Linux was on the Steam Deck, kind of like Steam Machines. Hey, hey, I'm so glad you uh, brought it up because yes, it is running SteamOS, what is it? SteamOS 3.0? Uh, hold on, blah, blah, blah. Oh, where's my notes? Yep, SteamOS 3.0, which is Arch Linux based. Uh, it's got, um, let's see, hold on. There's some really good information in here. Da, 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 da. Yes. Now, obviously, because it's Linux, you're going to have some issues with game compatibility, particularly games with strong anti-cheat. So there's a handful of games, including, shoot, which one was I? I was looking at a list of them before this, and now I've gone and misplaced it. Uh, but four of the top 10 games on Steam right now have issues with anti-cheat in, uh, in Linux, uh, running Valve's Proton. But Valve is apparently reaching out to those developers and trying to work specifically on those games to make sure that Proton, which is a compatibility layer that allows you to run Windows yeah. games on Linux, will have proper support for those. I am I am pretty excited. So this you know, is a if quote. you ever if you ever end up in a Linux debate or a Linux conversation in general, after owning one of these, you can confidently say that you run Arch. I know, right? <laughs> 
So their goal is for every game to work with Proton by the time they ship Steam Deck. That should give you some idea of how long this has been in the works. What it seems like is they basically tried that whole Steam Machines thing, which was like the, the desktop or rather the TV consoles, uh, kind of went, okay, yeah, this didn't work. We didn't do the whole killer app thing. Um, also, it's just a computer. It's hard to compete against just computers. Uh, forget it. See you later. That project clearly never died. It looks like it just transitioned to a handheld, and the timing is so right for this to happen. I mean, we've watched it happen. Smaller companies like GPD have been bringing out devices like this for years now, and they've always been pretty okay. But this last generation, I was extremely bullish on the GPD Win 3. Uh, we covered the ANEO founder. We covered the, oh man, what's that thing called? The, the 1X player. All three of them were like pretty cool and had their pros and cons. Uh, the 1X player screen resolution was too high. You couldn't drive it. Honestly, it was too big at, what was it? Like almost nine inches, 8.4 inches, uh, kind of too bulky. Um, the GPD Win 3, great, uh, a little bit hampered by its XE graphics, honestly, not because the performance sucks, but because the drivers are an absolute mess, or at least they were back when I covered it. And then I think the A and Neo is the one that has struck the best balance out of all of those three. I absolutely freaking love this thing. You can see that I'm uh, in the middle yeah. of a Super Mario RPG run through right now. I've been using it for retro games. Uh, I've been using it for modern games. The seven inch screen is freaking awesome. 720p at that size, it's fine. And that's a lot of what I based my take uh, for the Switch OLED. My take that 720p was still okay, even with the larger screen, was actually based on doing so much of my gaming on the ANEO lately and finding it is fine. Yeah, it's not the sharpest thing ever. Whatever. You want the sharpest thing ever, go get an iPhone. Like, it's not like you can't get a, a sharper display, but if you want to play PC games, I'd rather run them at native at a lower native resolution than running at a non-native resolution on my awesome high resolution display and the same is going to be true of the switch since nintendo didn't upgrade the hardware i i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm being kind of defensive about this because you know, i can see the work they put into it i can see the cost they put into it i'm extremely excited i'm, I'm, I'm passionate about these handheld pcs becoming a thing and I'm, I'm just finding this thing really exciting and so maybe i'm not being completely objective uh but I'm excited. Now, now I want to know how stupid uh, does Dell feel? <laughs> okay, do you remember this thing? Hold on a second. Well, uh, in, in, in Valve's statements, and they did this with the, the Steam PC as well, I don't think they're trying to win this market. I'm trying to, I think they're trying to push this market forward. So I don't think Dell is out. Yeah, but they've lost a lot of mind share by not just shipping this thing at some For point. For sure. I yeah. mean, they showed it no a doubt. year and a half ago in a basically working state. So, yeah, that's a little rough. <clears throat> yeah. And back to me being really passionate and defending this thing, Video Cards has this excellent little table of all the similar products here. So you've got your Nintendo Switch and Switch Lite. You've got your GPD Win 3. Hold on a second. Let me blow this up. Okay, apparently I cannot. Well, whatever. Call that good enough. Uh, your GPD Win 3. They've all got their pros and cons. The Win 3's got this keyboard. So if you 
you know, enter text often, but not that often. You know, that can be pretty cool, I guess. Uh, it's smaller. This is actually pocketable, whereas none of these other ones are particularly pocketable. It's only got a five and a half inch display. Um, the A and Neo, man, this, this thing is freaking awesome. Um, probably a very, very similar spec to what we're going to get with the Steam. I, I keep struggling. I keep struggling to to come up with the name, um, the, the Steam Deck. Uh, hold on. I actually want to double check because I didn't remember this thing having six cores. But maybe I'm just, yeah, I'm drunk. It does. It totally has six cores, six threads. Uh, the the uh, 1X player right here, it has the biggest screen, but kind of hampered by XC graphics, blah, blah, blah. Like they've all got their pros and cons. I think ANEO also has like pretty, pretty compelling pricing, even though it's higher. It's actually higher than the Steam Deck. Um, man. Okay, there's a few things. Actually, as someone who would be likely to just install Windows on the thing because there's stuff that I do on it other than just, you know, use a browser and play games. Uh, also, Windows is just my comfort zone. The AIA Neo looks like a, probably a better Windows machine just because they've got these, uh, like, these shortcut keys. So you've got a Windows button. Whoop, whoop, there we go. You got a Windows button. You've got a button to bring up the on-screen keyboard, escape, task manager. Task manager is really useful because no, it's really useful because for no, something no, I didn't like mean it that way. Oh. I, I was frowning because I was I was thinking in my head like you might be able to bind some of the keys on the. You probably man, could some I of the back the ones because it it's so bad. But Steam Deck. Uh, but yeah, you could probably bind some of those to those types of functions. But yeah, sorry, keep going. Maybe you could. You don't want to hit them by accident either, though. Um, yeah. But maybe you could bind some of the front ones if you use the back ones more often, which honestly, I think someone who's like min-maxing their experience because of that hand position thing I was talking about might do that. I guess so. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I like... Anyway, the point is, I like those buttons. Also, believe it or not, um, I like the I like the top uh, ABXY. I like the top ABXY. I don't like the symmetrical joysticks. I think that the Steam Deck is gonna is gonna win me over anyway, just because they're they're kind of in line. You just reach over your ABXY if you need the dual joysticks. I'm I'm pretty into that, but it's the kind of thing that I'm gonna have to actually get hands on with before I can draw any kind of conclusion. One big downer about the ANEO is that these triggers are not analog. They are just binary on or off triggers but my understanding is that the a neo is they said you can bind the touch pads apparently that's something that i probably wouldn't use so that i could be pretty into that um, oh you could you could probably bind parts of the touch pads. i would think so yeah because if wow. i recall correctly you could do cool stuff like that on the steam controller you might well. even be able to do gestures yep okay. task manager could be like an x <laughs> all right that could be pretty cool that'd be pretty sweet that yeah. could be pretty cool Oh man, I'm excited. Man, uh, everyone's an analyst. Peeves says, uh, no, not Peeves. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Nico U says, or Nico, A and EO and GPD's fault is the moment when they chose to use Windows. Yeah, but they, you, you got to understand, they didn't have the development resources to build Proton. I mean, what other company other than Valve could possibly have tackled that project? Hit me with one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe Epic, you know, could there's, have there's... pushed into it earlier to because so many games are powered by Unreal Engine. You know, like there's 
but there's companies that could, but they wouldn't have the experience or the expertise to really do it properly. Or the motivation. They, or the yeah. To stick with like it. There's basically no one else is going to do it. Yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> for, for sure there. For sure there, bud. They could. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, haters going to hate. There's people that are just not into it and not excited about that about it. I see that in the comments. But for people who are uh, okay. Hold on a second. I, I'll be right back. While he's gone, I want to talk about something. It's not in the doc, or I might have missed it. Um, skimming through. I don't think it's in the doc. Um, I don't think it was. I don't know if it was technically this week. I asked people what the date was. They said it. I blurred out and didn't really read it. But GitHub Copilot. Oh, he's already back. I thought he was going to be gone for longer. GitHub Copilot. It's crazy. I, I've been talking for at least a decade about how something like this oh, was needed, how yeah. something like this was going to happen. And this is a thousand percent the future. I don't know if this exact version of it is or not, but this type of thing is definitely the future. Yeah, we got to talk about like that or, later. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. Let's okay. get back to you. So back to this conversation. For anyone who loved the shield, I mean, the real shield, not the shield tablet which I think got renamed Shield or the, no, no, the Shield console, the Android TV thing that got named Shield later. The original NVIDIA Shield. For anyone who loved this thing, you've been waiting for a legitimate actual replacement for this thing for what? Like six years? Five years? It's been a long, time. It's been a long freaking time. Well, it finally happened. You're running a full fat Linux install and Valve has even come out and said, hey, if you want to go ahead and huck Windows on it, there is a legitimate reason to be extremely excited right now. So sure, you know what? You don't care about it. That's fine. But you got to recognize it for what it is, a full fat computer in a super thin portable form factor that can play full fat PC games. It can stream games from your more powerful desktop. It can play it can play emulated games. You've got this enormous back catalog potentially. It's just super cool. It's cool tech. And if you don't like it, then I think that you might not be looking outside of your own needs and just appreciating it for the amazing technology that it is. That's all I have to say. All right. Let's talk about that. It's not actually in the doc, but I was reading about it as well. Let's uh, let's talk about that, Luke. Jump, get get us up to speed. GitHub Copilot. Well, uh, yeah. I don't know how this this passed by me, but I didn't know about it until now. Um, oh, really? Someone asked. Someone asked in full plane chat, "Are you guys going to talk about GitHub Copilot?" And I was like, "Copilot." I haven't heard of this. And I looked it up and my brain was immediately blown. Um, the fact that it's powered by OpenAI just totally makes sense and gives me a lot more confidence in it than other similar ideas that have been talked about slash announced slash done in the past and have always had some form of issue. This is crazy. So why don't you talk um, about what it's supposed to do and then I can talk about some of the controversy around it already. Oh, I'm sure there's lots. Um, and I'm sure it's not going to matter because I'm sure it's going to happen anyways. So GitHub Copilot, it, it is supposed to suggest uh, whole lines or entire functions of code. And if you see their example, I don't know if you're showing this on screen or not, uh, they're, they're typing the first line of a, of a 
function and it's it's auto completing the rest of it like crazy um not the examples that they're giving aren't necessarily all that out of this world um but even like it's just just it's just the general concept of something that helps you develop by suggesting things and giving a guiding hand has been needed for a long time and will absolutely be something that's used. Yes, on the extreme end of programming, a lot of very seasoned programmers aren't gonna want or likely won't use something like this unless they can find a way for it to be very, very lightweight and out of their way so they can use it just as a speed increase so they don't have to type certain things. That's like pretty much probably the only way it's gonna be used on the really high end. What this is going to be groundbreaking for is new programmers. Mm -hmm. Going to be huge. People that wanna develop some little home automation thing for fun that they can do at home. People that wanna learn some basics um, and can start, you know, known enough to be dangerous but can't really get a ton of things done um, is going to be massive. And the further this goes forward, the lower the lower the barrier of entry into development is going to be and the easier it's going to be for individuals to develop their own things without being a seasoned professional which is massive super super big deal and i'm sure we're just seeing like the beginning splashes of of what this can do considering it's powered by open ai we're going to see this grow and become stronger over time all right Go now let's talk about some of the uh controversy around it as with any kind of machine learning or ai tool uh copilot has to have some kind of data set that it's trained yeah. on <laughs> how yeah. exactly would it know <laughs> how to complete that line uh if it didn't have some examples of code that had been written in the past now, because this is coming from GitHub, I think you guys see where I'm going with this, the potential for GitHub to just scrape all of the code submitted to the entire platform and then use it to train their AI is very high. And that creates a number of problems. I mean, one problem is that the quality of the code could be sketchy at best it might not be the most optimized code that it suggests for your autocomplete and number two is that the licensing for code doesn't really have any provision for this one way or the other to my understanding so without a developer's express consent github might be training their ai based on their code which in and of itself is not necessarily plagiarism, but then if it goes and suggests that exact snippet to another developer, are they then, as this middleman, causing one developer to plagiarize the code of another without even yeah. knowing it? Yeah. Whoa. A bit so, crazy. A so bit here's crazy. something. And, and... Oh, hold on. I just want to talk about this, uh, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, who posted, congrats at David Sellis. You get a shout out if GitHub Copilot tries to generate an about me page. Look at this, about me. I'm a software engineer from the Bay Area currently working at Salesforce. I love to learn new things and build things. I have I have a David Sellis, GitHub account. That's 
accept solution. That's auto-generated. Like, that was clearly pulled straight off of David's website. As, uh, as, as Jaden says, it, it, it says in quotes, trained on billions of lines of public code, um, like directly on the landing page. So, so yeah, that, that, is, that is exactly what's happening. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. You, you can literally have it, like if, if you get into some of these examples that they have, you, you can write comments and it'll write the whole thing for you. It'll try at least. Yeah, write a comment describing the logic you want and let GitHub Copilot assemble the code for you. Is it going to be exactly what you want? Is it going to be efficient? Is it going to be whatever else? I don't know. But the fact that it's even going to try is wild. Um, like, what do schools do? Uh, I don't know. Because it's probably because of how... Um, OpenAI works, it's probably not going to be the same every time. So you're not going to be yeah. able to, maybe you can. Like but train it, people to use Copilot or what? Like, I don't know. What I mean is like, how do you verify that Copilot just didn't write an entire student's assignment? I don't like, know. That's, that's difficult because they could write a description, for example. They, sh they could write a comment that describes what they want the code block to do. Yeah have the code block get generated and then change the comment. So yeah. you don't know what led to the generation of that code. Like, ugh, that's a difficult problem for uh Altonian Wolf in Twitch chat says it's going to lead to the replication of bugs across different software packages. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's going to be <laughs> a broad planes instant CS major degree speed run. Oh man. <laughs> That would be a really, you know what? That would be really interesting. If like a, if like a university teacher gave this thing homework yeah, and saw how well it scored, like on multiple levels of, uh, of courses, that would be really interesting. I'll be interested to see how this is going to shake out. I'll be interested to see how the legal challenges to, um, I guess, well, Microsoft's use of this code um ends up shaking out but regardless of what happens this is going to have an immense impact on the world and like i i honestly like i'm not i don't think i'm sugarcoating that this is massive yeah like the so much of the future is software development and programming and coding we talked about on the wan show a long time ago how you should probably teach your kids to code, regardless of what they want to do in the future, they should probably understand to a certain degree, some amount of software development. Um, and this is massive because of all of that. This is just absolutely huge and it's just going to get better. And it's just going to grow because there's whatever legal problems they have, I can pretty much guarantee you they're going to make it through it because this yeah. is crazy. That's and Microsoft. this is, this is going to go away with money. Yep. Yep, that's like fair. this. This is nuts. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about our sponsors. The show is brought to you today by Pulseway.com. Uh, you know, you want. Uh, wait, where did my dot go? Oh, there you go. Yeah, you want tools that make your life easier. Hey, Pulseway is another thing to add to your tool belt. Pulseway lets you centrally manage all your desktops, servers. 
uh, network devices and cloud infrastructure from a one place. So you'll be the first to know when a user has an issue or when there's a problem with your IT environment. You'll have out-of-the-box commands so you can take action, such as uh, killing processes, resetting user passwords, run, PowerShell commands, you can backup files, you can even remote control machines. And with its powerful auto-remediation, Pulseway can automatically resolve critical IT issues like low disk space, high CPU usage, and it can even restart your services. The patching engine will prevent vulnerabilities by checking for updates for both your OS and third-party applications and running those updates for you on a schedule you define. And the best part is you can do all of that from the mobile app or from the desktop. So try it free at Pulseway.com or through our link in the video description. The show is also brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Ridge Wallet has finally redefined the wallet, so you can stop carrying around pointless items like receipts, old hotel room keys, and spent gift cards. Hey, hotels are going to be a thing again soon. As of, as of Tuesday, according to WorkSafe BC guidelines, I no longer have to wear a mask anymore in the office. I'm excited. Uh, Ridge Wallet helps you carry less. They use two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band to keep your cards tightly together, but still accessible. They're RFID blocking. They offer a lifetime guarantee, and they're available in aluminum, carbon fiber, and titanium. Ridge Wallet sells more than just wallets. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. And if you use offer code WAN, you can save 10% on everything at ridge.com slash WAN. Finally, the show is brought to you by Squarespace. We use Squarespace. No joke, we actually use it. Both linusmediagroup.com and ltxexpo.com, those websites were built quickly and really quickly using Squarespace. Hey, LTX Expo 2022, you hopeful? You hopeful? Yes. I'm yes. hopeful too. So hopefully we'll have a reason to send you guys to that Squarespace yes. site. We'll update it too and all of that. So if you don't know about Squarespace, it's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to get your website up and running. They've got tons of different templates. All of them look awesome on any device. They've got tons of features so you can sell stuff. And if you need any help setting up Squarespace, they offer webinars, a full series of help guides, or you can contact their 24-7 support team to help you build your site. So don't wait. Go to squarespace.com WAN and use offer code WAN to get 10% off. What's our next topic? We've actually got like so many things that I kind of wanted to talk about today, but we talked about other stuff a lot. We did. TSMC explores on-chip water cooling. Uh, there's another, yeah, there's another crazy uh, fab topic near okay. the bottom of the dock, dock, which is huge. But yes, we can we can talk about on-chip water cooling first. All right, cool. Uh, so German tech site Hardware Lux has reported on a presentation given by TSMC researchers at the latest VLSI symposium exploring new ways to cool silicon chips. With the advent of vertical 3D stacking of transistors to densify performance, cooling is going to become even more challenging because heat from lower levels of the stack won't be easily dissipated. The researchers from TSMC tested three cooling methods with integrated silicon microchannels etched in both a grid and linear pattern in their tests. So water would flow from one side to the other, taking the heat with it. This is incredible. So for their tests, they built a, uh, what do they call this thing? A thermal test vehicle. So we've got a slide from the presentation. Looks a little something like this. Okay. Uh, so this is direct water cooling. Okay. Silicon here. So silicon lid with liquid metal thermal interface material. Okay. Oh my goodness. This is this is so cool. I absolutely freaking love it. Um 
Their last prototype had the microchannels etched on the TTV directly, and they dubbed this direct water cooling. It was the most effective, dissipating 2.6 kilowatts of heat with a temperature delta of 63 degrees Celsius. <laughs> direct water cooling. Look at this madness. We're talking water in channels in the silicon. Okay, and this is compared to having thermal interface material uh, between, what is this, two layers of silicon? Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dig into this a little bit more. The point is, water channels in silicon, wow. <laughs> uh, the grid pattern was found to be the most effective or more effective than the, uh, just the slots, uh, the linear pattern. And uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much that's pretty much it for that. That's cool. I hope to see it in the future. Uh, realistically, this is going to be the kind of thing you're going to see in like very specialized silicon, more like industrial enterprise, like supercomputer applications before you see it on a consumer product. But yeah, I mean, that technology has a tendency to trickle its way down to the consumer and I would certainly be into it. You think that one would? I doubt it. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, a microprocessor in general started out as something that was not consumer grade. So never say never. That's what I've learned. Sure. Yeah. I could also, I, so what I immediately jumped to was like DIY PCs. I feel like it might be a bit of a stretch there, but maybe in like non-user, not friendly to user repair devices right. where it's kind of built into everything and it comes as a package. I could see that being a thing. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's, let's scroll down a fair amount, I think, and talk about uh, this, which very likely won't happen, but yeah. uh, Intel is in talks to buy global foundries for $30 billion. Whew. Dang. How Intel's new CEO be? has been looking for ways to spend money, apparently. And as part of the $50 billion plus price tag for his renaissance, what? Intel is looking to buy Global Foundries. Um, that's amazing. If you've watched this show ever, you probably know who they are. They're a fab. Um, some of Global Foundries' major customers have included AMD, Apple, Qualcomm, uh, Zilinux, Asus, Cisco, Google, Lenovo. They make a lot of stuff. It's a pretty big deal. The, the most mind-blowing part of it, though, is Global Foundry's origin. So Global Foundry's was spun <laughs> off back in 2009 <laughs> from AMD. So this would effectively, I mean, okay, there's 12 years in between and, you know, a lot of a lot of business dealings. The, the relationship between AMD and Global Foundry's has apparently soured somewhat over the last decade plus. But this is effectively Intel buying AMD's Fab. fabs. <laughs> <laughs> and Whoops. Global Foundries currently serves AMD, which yeah. I'm sure you'd get into tons of legal problems if they tried to stop after they bought it. So Intel might own AMD's fab. But then Intel happens. has also said that they're going to explore the idea of utilizing their own fab capacity for third-party independent customers. So yes, maybe... it's just interesting when you're doing it when you're serving the people that are currently kind of destroying you. Competing um, with you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Samsung does it. It's not like Samsung sure. has never produced an SOC for yep. Apple, who they compete yep. with directly. It's just that Samsung's fab business is just a, a different, 
it's a separate business. So if Intel decided, okay, yeah, we're just going to treat that as a completely separate business unit, Intel Foundry Services. Um, maybe it's not that crazy. I mean, I'm sure if I'm AMD, I still just don't want to line Intel's pockets in any way whatsoever to help them compete with me better. But if it helps me compete better, then maybe I do it anyway. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. Um, we've got another topic here, also from Anthony. AMD Fidelity FX Super Resolution is officially open source. Uh, Anthony writes, Linus, before you yell at me for putting in too many WAN topics, it's 4 p.m. and nobody else is adding topics. And James <laughs> already pinged everyone else multiple times. So here I am picking up the slack. You're welcome, all in caps. <laughs> AMD's easy-to-implement upscaler has been officially added to their GPU open repository. Uh, we found that FSR provides decent visual quality and performance in its ultra setting, but ultimately does fall short of DLSS. Digital Foundry compared it to Unreal Engine's temporal AA upscaling algorithm and found that without the temporal element, FSR did fall short. However, Many games don't have access to upscalers that sophisticated and won't bother upscaling at all, leaving it to the GPU to effectively stretch the image. So FSR being open source means it's now freely available to developers and modders who want to take a crack at implementing it in games. This open nature makes it more universally available because DLSS relies on NVIDIA's Tensor Cores, which you will only find in their 2000 and 3000 series GPUs. So with the source code released, the community can also contribute patches and improve the design of the scaler, which would be pretty cool, allowing it to maybe reach the level of Unreal Engine's TAAU, except in any engine. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft is apparently working on a deep learning uh, upscaling technology of their own that would be part of DirectX 12 at some point in the future. So that would be platform agnostic as well, but I have no idea how well it would run. Obviously, Microsoft is... I don't know, actually, nothing's obvious with Microsoft anymore. Maybe they wouldn't have that much interest in it running in on alternate platforms. I'm not sure. I don't know how would Valve find a way to hack it working in Protoss. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> so um, maybe deep learning powered super sampling won't be NVIDIA exclusive forever. Maybe Fidelity FX ultimately doesn't end up mattering, or maybe they just coexist and it's just yet another tool in your tool belt for making your games look better at higher resolutions on lesser hardware. Yeah, um, speaking of lesser hardware, uh, Microsoft announces Windows 365. It's probably not what you think. It is not subscription Windows. Uh, in the sense that you just you have a computer and you pay a subscription to have Windows, mm -hmm. it is not that. Um, it, oh. So Azure Virtual Desktop, which probably none of you know about, unless you're really into that type of stuff, has existed for a long time. But this is is now for the everybody essentially. Uh, it's a virtual private desktop in the cloud running Windows 10, eventually Windows 11. Blah, 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 don't worry about that. It is currently geared towards small businesses. And I, I don't think it says this in particular, but I highly suspect education institutions it's going to be massive for because pretty much everyone there just needs like a browser and a word, uh, document editor. Um, and that's amazing for this. It's, it's aimed at... Uh, 
deployments of under 300 machines. Uh, there's a management interface, so you can see a clear overview of every virtual desktop you have access to, which is actually kind of cool because you might have access to more than one. I could see situations where that would make sense. Um, each virtual desktop has Microsoft Office. If you have very low spec um, setups, you get web versions, which is fine. It has Edge, it has OneDrive, it has an array of other software. It's really fantastic for Microsoft to get you in on this because you're probably going to be using a lot of their first-party tools. Um, all virtual desktops come with 10 gigabit per second download speeds and 4 gigabit per second upload speeds. Um, and the pricing is going to vary. There are going to be a, a multitude of configurations. One, two, four, six, and eight uh, virtual CPU cores. Two, four, eight, 16, 32 gigs of RAM. 64, 128, 256, and 512 gigs of storage. Um, and apparently there's going to be more pricing information and whatnot on August the 2nd. You could do some real work with some of those specs. Like for school, yes, we're could. not talking just like docs necessarily we're talking you could do you know some actual engineering work and stuff like that and yeah. there's plenty of room for them to expand the offering in the future maybe offer dedicated gpus or whatever the case may be uh amazon workspaces does offer similar configs but doesn't come with office citrix workspace offers lower prices but starts at 500 seats um so Microsoft is looking reasonably competitive here and you know what, good for them. And I'm glad that I don't have to pay a subscription for running Windows on my desktop. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In other news, the specs for three of Intel's next gen Alder Lake SCPUs have been leaked thanks to a user on Zuhu. These uh, leaks are supposedly based on qualification samples, which would mean they should be pretty close to final. So the i9-12900K, i7-12700K, and i5-12600K. Uh, Alder Lake S is a big little style CPU, so it's going to have 24 threads, of which the big eight cores each have two threads with hyperthreading, and then the small eight cores do not have hyperthreading. Uh, the lower end chips are... 12 core slash 20 thread and then 10 core slash 16 thread so okay so that one get only gets six of the low power cores on the i5 and then it's eight on both the i7 and the i9 oh man this is going to be hard to keep track of so the 12900k will be capable of boosting up to 5.3 gigahertz on one to two big cores and five gigahertz across all big cores and these chips are apparently going to have two tdps at PL1 and PL2, with all three rated at 125 watts and 228 watts, respectively. They're built in at 10 nanometer, and the E cores will apparently boost much lower than the larger P cores, but that's intentional because they aren't designed for performance, they're designed for power saving. These chips are going to support DDR5 and PCI Express Gen 5, and if these are truly the specs based on qualification samples, um, it's likely that this is this is it. This is what you're getting. So for better or for worse, the performance looks interesting. Um, adjusting for the QS clock speeds and looking at ES benchmarks that we saw, it's estimated that a, the i9 will hit around 11,300 points, which, actually, which would actually put it 1,000 points ahead of the 5950X. Huh. With that said, it's not like AMD is sitting still. Uh, yeah. we, are, we are expecting refresh processors from AMD. We just don't know exactly what they're going to be. Uh, AMD may be skipping Zen 3 Plus and just releasing a Zen 3 refresh of XT processors. 
uh, which could mean that Intel has the performance crown back for one generation while AMD waits to leapfrog them again. How exciting is it to have Intel and AMD leapfrogging each other again? It's cool. That's what I love to see. I don't even care who wins. I just care I wish... that they both are trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the key. I hope the software starts to try to, and I know some of it definitely, definitely does, but I hope the consumer grade software starts to kind of catch up a little bit. Uh, oh, we've got some other interesting news. So if you like the LTT underwear, but you don't actually like the new designs, we did a reprint of the old designs Ooh. with the new supplier. So we have two different three packs now. We have the old design three pack right here, and then we have the new design three pack right here. So if you prefer the uh, the stripey the stripey boys, we did super cheap uh, Photoshop a super cheap Photoshop job to turn the bands black. So the new bands are just plain black, like the new design ones, instead of having the like L Linus Tech Tips all around it. Um, just gives it kind of a cleaner look. They still do have the little rubberized logo like that, but they are now available. Yay, all this stuff is taking way longer than I had hoped. And I guess that's pretty much, oh yeah, Netflix gaming is a thing. Uh, I don't think there's really, I don't think anyone knows really like too much nothing. about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, But Netflix wants to get into gaming. I think what Netflix should get into is not just canceling every show that they start. That's what <laughs> Netflix should get into if they want to build loyalty with sort of, you know, passionate fans who are into more niche shows. Cause like, I thought that was what they were good at, but that's a whole, that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. Just like the super chats are a whole other conversation. I managed to click hey. the thing this time. So I've, I've got them all. Um, Troy asks, did you know about the Nest adapter for two-wire thermostats? Uh, yes, I'm aware of that. My issue with Nest is that it's cloud-based and I want everything local controlled so that I get that nice responsiveness. Uh, Zultane says, I'm a night shift worker in Ontario. Just wanted to send a couple bucks. Say thanks for keeping me up during my ride to work and the first bit of work before the coffee kicks in. Hey, no problem. We got you. Uh, Fluberjobby says, they should have called it the SMP, the mobile platform. Sure. I'd be into that. Yeah. Um, ooh, Stefan says, will you guys please test some popular big games like GTA 5, Red Dead Redemption 2, running from a reasonably fast micro SD? You could do it on a PC before the deck launches, or or you could disable a couple of cores and do it on the A Neo, which would actually probably give us a pretty darn good idea of what we're dealing with. This thing has a... Oh snap, does this thing not have a micro SD slot? I did not realize that. Advantage Steam Deck. Mind you, it supports full-sized M.2s as long as they are. I believe they have to be single-sided, but that means you can go up to four terabytes, like with your SSD. But then you're spending $800 uh, if you go with like a WD Black or something like that on a device that cost less than $800? I don't know. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Finley. Hey, thanks, Finley. Thanks, ColdBud3. Uh, Lewis says, iPhones cost $1,200 and no one bats an eye. Thank you. The Steam Deck being $400 is freaking incredible. Uh, Robert Mail says, can we get some spoilers on upcoming home automation collabs? Um, I mean, I already... The only person that I have worked with so far, I talked about in my previous video... Uh, we're actually, we're working through a lot of it. Jake, man, Jake digs his teeth 
into projects like this. He has already basically got the proof of concept for the per zone AC control with smart dampers working. So we are cool. planning to shoot a video. I'm actually off next week, but we're planning to shoot a video next week because I'm going to be at the new house all the time anyway. Jake's going to come over. We're going to get the thermal camera out. We're going to show where all the in-floor heating zones are, which is going to be super cool. Uh, we are going to show the proof of concept for how the smart dampers are going to work with, honestly, a, a really affordable implementation. I'm I'm really excited about it. Stefan says, joysticks are mechanical. Why not optical sensors? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, it's been done with devices like a trackball before. My concern would be that they might actually drift kind of like a joystick might. Um, but then if I think you could probably solve that through software, making sure that it kind of re-zeros every time it... Yeah, how would it know to re-zero? I don't know. Interesting. Um... Blake says consoles are sold at a loss. They can't do that without the profit from games. Okay, but you did overlook one small thing. This will ship with SteamOS, and Valve will get plenty of profit from the games. So I think the reason they wouldn't sell it at a loss is because Valve ultimately doesn't care who makes the hardware. They will get their 30% regardless of whether you buy a Steam Deck or an a Neo or whatever else. Chris says, might be a good price for the engineering, but not for what it'll likely be used for IMO, which is random cheapo Steam games. Most people who care about Steam don't need a $400 tiny PC at this price, so who is this for? Bad take, Chris. Yeah. Oh, you spent $20 to send me such a bad take. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't, you can't tell someone else sort of what, like the games that they play are not, they're random and cheapo and therefore not worthy of spending $400 on a device that lets them take them with them. What if they love those games? And besides, you can play like anything about PS3, Wii U, and, or excuse me, Wii. PS3, Wii, and back on this thing. That is an immense accessible game say, library that, that's an incredibly difficult statement to even make because you'd have to assess every single game that you can play on that device in order to make that statement that's really <laughs> it's gonna be really hard uh, like honestly i i i love this thing you know we should do a straw pull let's do a straw pull um here we go so create a pull all right steam deck so we're going to have a few different statuses. Pre-ordered, thinking about it, probably not, never. Because, you know, your feeling that it's not right for you, that's totally valid. Your admin rights are temporary, but you're creating a free account. Okay, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Okay, let's send this link. So you, you have every right to not think that it's great for you, but you can't just assume other people's other people's game preferences and like what they're passionate about right all right there you go let's get some results up in here ladies and gentlemen oh that's because that's not the normal straple straple.me is the normal straple oops oh well whatever it's working it's probably fine yep so we've got a massive over 70 percent almost 75 percent of our audience saying pre-ordered or thinking about it. Uh, okay. Those are, okay, so we're settling in at around 70%. Those are 
massive, massive numbers. Massive numbers. So, Chris, you're not into it. That's cool. A lot of people are. A lot of people play a lot of different kinds of games. Like, hey, check this out. What's that? Oh, we got... What is that Mario Kart Wii running on this thing? And to be very clear, if you're not into it, we're not saying you should be. Yeah, you don't have to be. Um, but no. if you're if you're the kind of person that, you know, bought a DS, so what's that? A couple hundred bucks so that you could play Mario Kart on the toilet. Well, this is twice the price. Okay, sure. But has so much more functionality and it can totally do that. Like this runs basically flawlessly in Dolphin emulator on this thing. And this is very similar hardware. Two more cores, but my understanding is that Dolphin emulator doesn't actually take advantage of many cores uh, yeah. particularly anyway. So got my FPS counter up in the corner. You guys probably can't see that, but it is locked at 60, sort of actually. It dips down to like 58, 56. Uh, you'll hit 50 during like a loading screen or whatever, something like that. But it goes, ladies and gentlemen. It goes. You can see my uh, my lights, man. It gets so bright here. I'm trying to remember the buttons for this. Whoops. There's your problem. Where's my jump? I could have sworn jump was... You know what? I might have screwed up my key bindings. I have another emulator open in the background. I have a SNES emulator open in the background. So I think that's probably the problem. And the gap between something like this and a no backlight original Game Boy... Um, which I know none of them had backlights. I'm just clarifying because that was a big thing. The the road trip experience gap between <laughs> between the no backlight original Game Boy and this is just absolutely incredible. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, for sure, bud. Sorry, I'm just going to make sure I don't lose my progress in Super Mario RPG, make sure I close that properly. <laughs> All right. So I, I was just in the middle of a fight, so I hadn't saved. Uh, right. Oh, oh, whoa, I missed something. Whoa! Anthony pointed out the A and Neo has Vega graphics and the Steam Deck has RDNA 2 graphics. So uh, in terms of GPU, I would expect the Steam Deck to be significantly more powerful, while the CPU on the A and Neo might be a touch better. Um, but we don't know. It would only be for applications that will really take advantage of those extra cores. Uh, Mal says the Australians got shortchanged again. There's no way to pre-order here. We still haven't gotten the Valve Index. Yeah. That's real frustrating. I mean, I went through that with the index. The only way I was able to get it was by having uh, John, our writer for TechQuickie, order it and then ship it to me. And then when I had a problem with it, Valve gave me a really hard time about the fact that I was Canadian and I had a U.S. product. Um, Profits Business Guru says, I think some people don't appreciate the value of good hardware. Good stuff costs money. Yeah, 100%. Totally does. Valve says the biggest thing is the deck allows for third-party apps. So if you install RetroArch, you'll have one of the best portable emulation rigs money can buy. That's where the value is for me. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, PSP1SO <coughs> says, thoughts on the 1280 by 860 hertz? Yeah, yeah. I love 16 by 10 just like you, but I wish that it was at least possible to unlock a higher refresh rate, even if it does kind of crush the battery. Uh, Cross Coast says, imagine saying Steam Deck with an Aussie accent. Okay, that costs 20 Australian dollars to send me that message. Uh, Presley says, I know you don't actually do super chats, but I'm always working during the show, so I never get to watch live, but it's always the highlight of my night slash end of week after work. Just wanted to say thanks, lttstore.com. Hey, thanks, Presley. Hey. Appreciate you, fam. 
Joey says, should I buy it right away or wait like a year until it's proven to be really good slash bad? Well, if you wait a year, Valve might have just discontinued it. So uh, just saying. That's very true. Just saying. Given their track record, that's a very good yeah, point. Yeah, you want to buy a Steam Link, son? You want to buy a, <laughs> yeah. you, you want to buy a Steam controller? Uh, One thing I will give them credit for, they both yeah. still work. That's fair. That's true. They they did they did do that thing. Uh why did you build an alternate video platform called Floatplane, then neglect to put the Android app on alternate app stores like F-Droid? I confess it had never occurred to me to put it on there. Why wouldn't uh, you just get nope. it on the Google Play Store? Am I missing something? I mean, you could just sideload Literally the never had that request. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. yep. I mean, it's cool. You could just go to uh, what's one of the trusted APK sites? Is APK Pure okay? I don't know. The point is, just go find a trusted APK site. I'm sure like XDA developers can help guide you there and download the APK and sideload it. Hey, that's Android for you, right? Um, yeah. I am very excited about sideloading apps in Windows 11 directly instead of having to use some emulator stuff but that's a totally different thing this is yeah. great edward bratton says how it started bitcoin sixty two thousand dollars how it's going now please buy these chinese gpus we threw on the floor <laughs> yeah pretty much uh vince asked will you be doing separate videos for each room upgrade of your new house or will you just do another house tour once it's all done there will be videos the next one is going to be me and Jake going through proof of concept for the HVAC. Uh, I'm trying to get like water-cooled solar panels. There will be a video about that if I pull it off. Um, I want to do probably a couple videos about the home theater. Like, I'm going to be milking it for content because it's something that I'm going to be spending a lot of my time on over the coming months anyway. So I might as well be making videos about it. And it's also an opportunity to explore tech that I otherwise wouldn't really have access to. We can't get samples of everything. So if I'm buying stuff, I'm definitely going to want to get more value out of it and make a video out of it. Um, all right. JS2K says, any chance we might see more LTT crew faces in main LTT videos? Maybe I'm forgetting appearances, but lately I'm kind of missing Riley, James, Madison, Sarah, etc. Uh, well, I was on vacation last week and I'm on vacation again this coming week. So definitely some videos got shot without me. You just got to wait for them to show up. Also, if you're on Flowplane, you'll get exclusive behind the scenes interviews with people and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, Peter says, the Steam Deck price is amazing. Though if any company could slash would take a big hit on the cost, it would be Valve since they still take their 20 to 30%. Absolutely. Other PC makers do not have that luxury. All right. I think that is pretty much it for the show today. Thank you yeah, so like, much. So just to make a quick comment on that one, you see fairly often consoles take a pricing hit because they want to make money on peripherals, they want to make money on game sales, they want to make money on whatever else. Um, but that's kind of tough to do, like Alinus just said, with traditional PC sales because they don't have the ability to do those things. Uh, so they need to make their money off the original sale. They, Gaben trying to be really price competitive on this is probably because what Linus was saying earlier, um, this is going to make it very valuable for certain people to play certain games. Um, and, and someone brought up in Floatplane chat right after Linus said that, <clears throat> that an extremely common purchase for people that bought a Switch were, were games that they've played before, 
Yeah. They just bought a cartridge for the Switch. And if you don't own a certain game on Steam because you're not going to play it at your desktop, this will very likely drive sales to those types of games. Oh, for sure. For sure. I so will... they are going to get value out of this after it's sold, is what I'm trying to say. I will buy games <clears throat> that I otherwise wouldn't have bought on Steam. Like, there's a, there's a Final Fantasy VI and V remake coming that... Honestly, I'm just, I'm not going to sit on my couch at my TV or at my desktop and play those games. It's just not going to happen. On here, whole other ball of wax. Yeah. Whole other ball of wax. Definitely. All right. Thanks for tuning into the show this week, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye.